We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Robbie Hummel, and uh, let's get right to it. I mean, listen, we just got some breaking news come down. Uh, Arizona gets their uh, penalties. Sean Miller gets his penalties. Book Richardson and Mark Phillips get theirs. And uh, Sean Miller didn't get anything. Now, he only had one level one uh, thrown at him for this, and it was a failure to monitor. Uh, Book Richardson, the former assistant who went to jail um, for all this, got 10-year show cause, which basically means – doesn't mean it can't be hired. It basically means if he's hired, the school has certain restrictions that that he's not going to be able to, to, to buy by. they gotta, they got to show a reason to hire him or something like that. It, it's stupid. But it, it makes it very difficult for Book Richardson to ever be hired again. Uh, Mark Phelps, two-year show cause, former assistant. They both, uh, Phelps and Book, both had some academic uh, fraud issues. Um, but Book obviously had also the bribery. Um, he went to jail. Tony Bland went to jail. Uh, USC. Sean Miller doesn't get anything. Arizona gets off basically with nothing. You know, recruiting restrictions, Rob. Uh, nothing here. What What's your immediate reaction to this? Just that I'm so sick of talking about it, and I think it's a joke. I mean, I I really think this is comical at this point. I just have a hard time believing with some of these cases that the head coach just doesn't know what's going on. Just from being inside of a college basketball program for the five years that I was, I felt like Matt Painter knew if I went out on a certain night. Nonetheless, if his assistants were paying guys or offering to pay guys – so I think this whole thing is a sham. I think it's a joke, and I am so sick of talking about it that I think every time one of these comes down, it's it's just like, all right, just get this shit over with with Kansas and LSU, and let's just move on because nothing's happened to them either, probably. So this is the the IARP is the one that's handled all these recent cases, right? It didn't handle Oklahoma State, and they got a, a po- they're the only one that right. got a postseason ban without self-imposing. Auburn self-imposed, Arizona self-imposed. Auburn wasn't going to the tournament. Arizona might have a couple of years ago, but they weren't in great shape either. So all these IARPs, the difference is they're independent. So the people that are basically the 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 judge and jury on these are 
uh, independent of the NCAA and more using legal uh, manners to try to figure out what the penalties are, which is actual proof, right? So I understand that. Uh, what I don't understand is Booker Richardson getting 10 years. I, I think that's the bullshit here is I'm fine with Sean Miller, you know, getting a couple games or whatever he could have gotten or or getting off uh, completely scot-free because, again, they didn't have anything on him. And I still feel like all the stuff that came out on him years ago publicly with DeAndre Ayton and $100,000, that was never proved. It was never proved. So I'm under, I'm still under the deal. You got to have proof. You can't have hearsay. You can't have conversations in which you don't have actual proof that money changed hands. And, and, and I don't think, you know, I think in the past, the NCAA has, has gone with that. They've just said they could do whatever the hell they wanted. And, and now with the IRP, which, oh, by the way, is going to be gone after two more, they got Kansas and LSU. And then we're going to revert back to the old bullshit which is worse, in my opinion. I get that people want the hammer to come down on these programs. I understand it, um, and it did, uh, on black assistance. And, yeah. and that's my problem here. That's my problem is people serve time. That's the, I mean, Book Richardson's done jail time. What, yes. Ten-year show costs on top of that? Like, he's paid the ultimate price. Yes. Just freaking leave it at that. I talked to somebody who just talked to Book Richardson, and and, and – and I've talked to Book several times through this process and seen tears come down his face. Yeah. His life is over as he knew it, right? Did he make a mistake? Of course. He admits to that. Is Does that warrant a 10-year show cause where he's done from college basketball forever? The only thing he kind of knew how to do? No, it, it doesn't warrant that. And, and that's my take is the, the, the difference here from the head coaches, whether it's the Andy Enfield – same thing, by the way. Andy Enfield got nothing at USC. Tony Bland went to jail. And and I, I just I can't comprehend this. That's that's what's wrong in this whole thing, especially now when you look at Rob, the landscape when kids are allowed to get paid. I get that the, the goalposts move. I understand that. But ultimately, everything has changed and it's been five plus years. What are we doing? Yeah. It's like the Kelvin Sampson thing. I mean, he literally got fired from Indiana for something that was legal like a couple years, four years later. later. Right. I, right. I just can't wait for it to be over. It's such a joke that the FBI was like, we got your playbook. It's such a joke that this IARP thing was brought in to, to do this. I, I'm sick of it. Nothing's going to happen. You know, it's just business as usual. It's, I mean, just, nothing happened to anybody for the most part that wasn't a black assistant coach. Think about that. I mean, who, Chuck Chuck Person went to jail. Chuck Booker Person went to, jail. went to jail. Lamont Evans went to jail. Um, you had uh, really a couple of Adidas reps that went to jail. Uh, uh, you know. Okay, but what what happened to like lack of institutional control? If your if your assistant yeah. coach is doing this, and they're going to jail for doing this. You are the you're the boss. I think like you oversee decided, all of this stuff. I think the IARP Rob decided. You know what? Unless there's proof that you had knowledge, that that you shouldn't be held accountable. I just I have such a hard time believing that they don't know what their assistant coaches are doing because these coaches micromanage everything. They know everything that's going on. That is bullshit. Yeah, there's I mean, no again, listen. I, I get you have to prove it, but right. I just when I think about this myself, and I'm like. 
you know, thinking about there, there's just no way. There's no way they don't know what their assistant coaches are doing. I really struggle with that. And if they don't, they should. Then they're know, doing that, a that, shitty job. That's what I've right. said. That's kind of what I've said over the years is maybe they don't know everything, but they know some stuff. They know some stuff that's going on. And if they don't know what their assistant coach is doing, you hired them. You have right. to have some accountability for, for hiring him and being their boss. So ultimately, you know, if, if, uh, you do something that's egregious, it's going to come back to your employers, right? It's going to come back to ESPN and, and BTN and, and you know, Rob Doster at Field of 68. It's going to come back to uh, to them. Rob just skirts all accountability. It wouldn't come back to him. It would not the first two, yes, but he, he'd blame he it on just, everybody else. You know, but, but I get, you know, again, like, him. I do think um, Sean Miller and all these coaches probably got off pretty easy. It's going to be interesting to see what the Kansas one is because that's that's a different scenario. Same thing with LSU; those are a little different, you know. Agreed, but I just feel like this is going to be so predictable. Oklahoma State got a postseason ban, so Kansas could just get nothing. <laughs> I mean, listen, if I'm a betting man, I'm with you a hundred percent. I think if you're Bill Self today and and your Will Wade is out of the game, so you know, I also feel like. That's part of what the NCAA does here. And I know, again, this is IARP. This is independent um, or supposed to be. But but you, you you wonder, too, like the guys that are out, are they just hitting harder? Because they can and they want to look. But but nobody's yeah, looking will, tough now. Will, will Wade will get a 30-year show cause? Like, I mean, I feel like if he's he out, coach anymore. he could be the one. He could be the one head coach that gets hit hard because he, he's out. I mean, but even like Mark Godfrey didn't get hit. You know, like like nobody's really gotten hit here, other than again, uh, for the most part, the 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 black assistant coach, um, and and that to me, it's just not right. It's just it's yeah. not right. And and those guys, they they serve their time. Book Richardson has already served five years. He's, so he's done. At, yeah, he's at least done. make it retroactive. You know, at least do that. Yeah, ten-year show cause, but five five years you've been out; those count against it. Agree. Totally, totally. I mean, he again, he'll never work again in college basketball. Tony Bland will probably never. I think Bland got three. I think Bland only got three years. So obviously, they added on to Book Richardson's the academic component as well. So now life moves on. Arizona, Tommy Lloyd. I mean, again, they lose the scholarship. They already took their postseason ban. Everybody gets a $5,000 fine. That, that's like across the board. Every school gets a $5,000 fine. To me, that, that Rob, really hurts him. Hurts him, hits him in the five wall. Grand, yeah, five grand. That really kills him. I think what you have to do in the future, and, and the one thing I'm glad about, here's the only thing they've done right here. They have not hit postseason bans for the kids. Yeah, because totally. you're five years down the road now. Like, there's no reason these kids should should – Serve I mean, any I, sort I of, sort of even I get that the school has to be held accountable, but even the scholarship reduction kind of feels like, well, what did they do? Right, it hurts the kid. It, it hurts some kids. It hurts some player that would have had a full ride. What I think you got to do in these yeah. cases is make it such a severe financial penalty for the institution. So I think that's the only way to do it. Five thousand? No, no. Let Let's make it five million. Let's make it so big. Listen, they're doing all these fucking buyouts anyway. 
buying out coaches left and right, whether it's basketball or football. Make it $5 million for these, not 5000 Come yeah, on. Agreed. I mean, the postseason ban to Oklahoma State was one of the worst things we've seen. Yeah. It's 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 a tragedy. Those those kids that Should have Mike Boynton especially, on today. Especially in the transfer portal. Yeah, I'm sure he's just yeah. thrilled today. What With the, the transfer hell? portal where you came in and were like, you know what, I'm gonna go to Oklahoma State and we have a team that can make the NCAA tournament. And then in the fall, you're told, Well, sorry, we are postseason banned because the last staff was cheating. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's just, it's a joke. The NCAA screws up all of this shit. And it's just. I almost feel like at this point, Rob, we're almost at a point now where like, it's almost like you might as well just please yourselves because, because they can't, they can't do it anymore. So what's, what's the point? But the problem is schools wouldn't please themselves. I know they won't, but it's, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, even from like an academic component that people say like, Schools should just be able to allow in whoever they want to allow in and like whatever their requirements are. They don't, they should, you know, like, like if one school takes in a kid at 2.0, that's up to them. But I feel like that's already happening. I mean, look at the schools like a uh, Notre Dame or Northwestern where they just can't take transfers. They have that a lot points. of high major people could take. Yeah. Um, and that's the highest upper echelon of the academic standard. But I do think that there are different, standards for kids to get into schools and different conferences. I, I don't think that that's unfair to say, is it not? No, no. Hey, hey, what if, what if this had come out a year and a half ago? Um, well, a year ago, April. So like almost two years ago now, what if this had come out before? Do you think Arizona would have fired Sean Miller? If he had been vindicated? I mean, this is basically vindicating him. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I think if they knew that they could get off Scott Free, that he would still be the coach at Arizona. And think about it too, what he had, like, like, yeah, the talent, beast. right? <laughs> he I mean, had look, last year's team. That's what I'm saying. And add uh, Akinjo to last year's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he wouldn't have left. Yeah, they yeah. would have been awesome. They've been really good. I mean, they might have won the whole thing. They, you know, again, they, I, yeah, I, could have been anyway. I, I feel like the biggest difference between Sean Miller. And Andy Enfield and some of these other coaches was that he was thrown out there in the public for something that was never able to be proven. But in fairness, was very damning to hear. It was sure you can't argue that that was like the conversation. Yes, but it wasn't that conversation didn't prove that. No, I I agree with you. But when the but when the average college basketball fan hears that. You know, it's a hundred grand for DeAndre Ayton. That's a pretty jarring number and statement. And it's also, I think everybody just thought, well, they're just peeling back the book, and this is what happens all the time. Still crazy to me. I mean, I just you still remember like where I do you remember where you were when that whole thing broke? The whole the whole federal (laughs) I don't know. I I wasn't but I wasn't I wasn't covering it like I mean I was interested, but I wasn't breaking the news or you know I, mean, I was I, just watching. I think I told you that stuff. I literally I was in Newport, Rhode Island. I was covering uh, Kyrie's first Kyrie and Gordon Hayward's first training camp with the Celtics. It was the opening of training camp um, yeah. in Newport, Rhode Island. And Hopeful time in Boston. <laughs> unbelievable, it was. Yeah, I mean, think of like how much has changed. Yeah, and, neither of those guys play there. I mean, Gordon broke really. his leg like six weeks later. I mean, crazy. 
and then all hell. No, I don't remember that. I was probably playing golf or some shit. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure you. Were. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Honestly. Well, then a year a year later, I went down. I remember I went down to Tucson for for a, a deal a year later, and talked to Book Richardson's then wife. They're they're now not together. And um... we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And his his kids. And uh, and it was just like, it was just like, like, is this real? Is this real? You know, like, because again, at, back then it was such a heavy, you know, we're going to get these guys. And now you look back on it and you're just like, what, what were we doing? Like what? I'm just surprised the Southern District of New York does not mess around. Like when they say that, you believe that shit. Yeah. So I I would love to know <clears throat> what <clears throat> changed because I wouldn't think they'd say that unless they really believe these guys are screwed. Well, they got him. I mean they 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 got him and they went to jail. But, but so they didn't get the dudes. No. They I mean they no, talked about pretty, bringing down kingpins right. of the sport. Right. No, they there were people writing. There were people writing that they that 40 head coaches were going to be fired then. And I was just kind of laughing. I'm like, come on, what are we doing here? What in the grand scheme of things, what, what are we, I get it. Like people have been cheating for years. They're going to continue to cheat right now with NIL. People are cheating, right? Like NIL is legal, but you're not supposed to give kids anything for recruiting inducements. Well, come on. It's all all recruiting inducements, right? Right, but so they're like, also recruiting inducements in the open. I mean, the Nigel Pack story was like out there; right. people knew what he got to go. Yep. So I, I know they are they are using it. All right, let, let's move on to something better. Let's move on to uh, the ugliest game uh, we we both saw in a while. Well, I saw an uglier one. Ugly. You know, Alabama has been involved in a couple ugly ones here recently. Uh, yeah. Alabama, Carolina, that four overtime one uh, out in Portland. <laughs> You didn't think that was a basketball masterpiece there? That was not a masterpiece. Uh, and then last night, big game for Memphis, going to Tuscaloosa, playing Alabama. Um, they hadn't beaten a top ten, te- top five team, I think, in 10 years, Memphis. And they almost had them. They hung around yeah. a little bit. It was ugly. Um, but they almost had them. And Alabama, man, like, I don't know if Memphis is great, but Alabama's won a bunch of good games here early. And totally. with a young team, they're nine and one playing four freshmen, big minutes. And Brandon Miller stepped up last night when it mattered. Um, what's your take? Is this Alabama team? Is it final four material? 
I don't know who is Final Four material yet. I, I think it's I just think that and you guys have talked about this a lot on the the after dark stuff about there who is a great team right now. I, I'm really not sure if there is anyone yet that separated themselves. You could make the argument that UConn is, but then also, you know, when you look at their who Connecticut has played, they went to PKI, they beat Oregon, who was majorly depleted. They handled Alabama, which is a great win. They beat Iowa State, who I I mean, Iowa State, they played great against Carolina, but they're they got murdered. Murdered by Iowa. Um you know, Oklahoma State is okay. Florida is okay. So even UConn, I'm looking at the schedule they've if played. If they're the best team, if UConn, Purdue, and Virginia are the three elite teams today, today. Now again, there's yeah. other teams with higher upside, but if you look at that, I just how many times did you see UConn last week? Some at least once, right? I I did five games last week. I didn't watch it. No, I meant in Portland. How much did oh, you see UConn? They were they were the one team that I didn't get to see. see. They were on opposite of our game. Okay. So I have I not saw them seen a couple them times. times. I saw them a couple of times. I like UConn a lot. I'm I mean, to put it in perspective, I'm not sure that a player on that team would have been in the rotation of, of Jim Calhoun's national, you know, like like the teams when he had like Oka four and Rip yeah, Hamilton I mean, had, and Karan like seven, seven and, pros on their team. Yeah, they had they were, dudes. Like I'm not sure. I mean, Sonogo, Sonogo is, would be in the rotation. Is Sonogo better than Josh Boone? I mean, Josh Boone was pretty good. That's what I'm saying. Is he better than Josh Boone? Is he better than Hilton Armstrong? Uh, hard to say. I You'd probably I, say I, like I think it's it's like a debate. Right. We would need to bring the UConn yes. expert Rob DeOster over, I think, to debate that. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but even like I look at the UConn team that we lost to in the Sweet 16, where it's like their front court was the B, Stanley Robinson, Jeff Adrian. I mean, yeah, they were really good. Yes. They were really, really good. Um, that's that's actually a pretty valid point. But my, my point is about Alabama, I'm not sold on anyone yet as a legit Final Four national title team. Yes, like I, I still have not seen. Like, who would be the one? Team. Who would be the one that you would have the most confidence in? That if I like, we talked about this a little bit last week, but like, you know, I mean, Connecticut, their schedule has been not bad. I mean, and yeah. in, in, like, I they've yeah. challenged themselves at PKI, but it's it's not like some of the other teams we've seen. Houston, offensively, it can get pretty nasty at times. Yep. Defensively, they're obviously amazing. They crush you on the offensive glass. Tennessee's nine and one. Purdue's still ten and zero. I mean, I I do like, and this is going to sound people will crush me for this, but with Zach Eady being as dominant as he is, and the shooting they put around him, yeah, yep. I think they're much improved defensively. I I honestly don't know. I, I still I'm looking at these teams. I just feel like everyone, you know, Tennessee on offense has some major question marks. They've shot the ball horrifically defensively. They're incredible. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, Virginia is. A pretty good mix, I feel like. They're top 16 in defense, top 15 in offense. They've got some guards that can play. They have a point guard who's played in the national title game. I guess I'll go Virginia. They're they're a great they're balance safe. of both. They're the safest pick. That's why you went with Virginia, because yeah. you know you, you trust their coach. Because I'm a wimp, huh? No, I listen, I might do the same thing. They're the yeah. safest team, like Alabama, high upside, but they could get knocked out in the first round. It wouldn't shock you at all. Yeah. Um, you know, Arkansas, 
Like maybe. I mean, again, their upside. Nobody's going to have more overall NBA talent, even without uh, Brazil being hurt. I think yeah. that Arkansas. Maybe I'm wrong, Agreed. but like, I mean, they got dudes. I mean, no, they, they do. They have players. They right. have players. How much I mean, do you think with Namari Burnett's injury that changes things for Alabama? You know, you'd think that he would have probably been guarding Kendrick Davis, right? Who had 30 last night. They had no and honestly rank. look. Yeah, right. That's the problem with Alabama's backcourt to me is like. They just, you know, with Quinterly and Sears, they are small. Yeah. And luckily, Boy, Quinter- Quinterly, is Quinterly is getting them up. <laughs> he is getting them up. Yeah. Like Alabama to me is is, is kind of a high upside team that, that again, I, I just kind of want to see how they develop. I, I, I love, I really like their chemistry. I like Brandon Miller. I think he's a good team guy. Yeah, instead so, of wanting all the he attention, was, yeah, he was I, he was great in the second half too. Yeah, so and Memphis to me, so Memphis fans went off on me after the game because I put out a tweet basically saying I think they're a tournament team. However, their best win is against Auburn so far, an Auburn team that hasn't beaten anybody. Yeah. Okay. Auburn could be an NIT team, and it wouldn't shock the hell out of me. Now again, I trust Bruce Pearl; he'll probably get him in the NCAA tournament. But I don't love Auburn this year. And the rest of the way, what if Memphis loses both games to Houston? I mean, that's the that's the issue you have with the American is that right. if it's if it's down and Wichita State has been down from what we've right. seen, and you know, you think about SMU and UCF and USF and yep. you know Temple and Tulane. and what if you lose to a couple of those? What if that's you don't a, beat? Gotta, you have to beat the teams that are below you, and right. and. Honestly, if you don't get a great non-conference win, you probably need to beat Houston to feel really, really good about it at least once. That's my take. My take is what you go 0-2 against Houston, which Memphis could do this year. Remember, last yeah. year, yeah, they beat them, but they beat them without Sasser or Mark. This is a different Houston team in my totally. opinion. I mean, who's the who's the third best team in the American round? UCF is 7-2. and two. Yeah. Um, Lost to one? Miami, 2. Lost to <clears throat> UNC Asheville by 3 in double overtime. Um, Cincinnati six and four, Wichita State six and four. So according to Ken Palm, it's UCF. Yes, it's UCF, and they're like sixty-five. You know, Cincinnati seventy-five. You just the problem in in some of these teams at the bottom, you can't lose to an East Carolina, a Tulsa, an SMU, a South Florida. Those are all, you know, one eighty and below. Yep. So all I'm saying is. I do think Memphis is a tournament team. But again, if Auburn doesn't win and you don't beat Houston and you stub your toe a couple times, which yeah. I don't think Memphis is that good that they're not going to stub their toe. Well, and they they just shoot the ball so poorly. That's why, what I'm why would you why would you not just pack it in and right. be like just beat us from 3. 1 of 12 last night. And their one may came with 0.6 seconds on the clock. Right. Um now, in fairness to Penny Hardaway's team, they were so injured and foul-ridden last night. I mean, yep. they lose DeAndre Williams at the, I think, seven-minute mark in the second half. Yeah, he was he, Kendrick he was Davis awesome. rolls his ankle the last four minutes. They play without him. Malcolm Dandridge hurt his, I think, his knee or his, hurt something running in transition. Um, they did not have their full collection of players, especially in the second half, but – I just think teams are going to just dare them to shoot. And if they get hot, then they'll beat you. But, I mean, one of 12, 
not that's good. not taking very many and it's yeah. definitely not making very many not good not good not at all good. i i like i said i do think memphis is a tournament team i think with kendrick davis with deandre williams and their defense i mean they and just they, they turn you over that's like right. crazy so yep. and they turned right. alabama like crazy 19 turnovers exactly. last night exactly all right make sure uh you uh subscribe uh to the to the we're gonna have a, an interview coming up with case wallace kentucky freshman case wallace uh, one of the best freshmen in the country. Uh, but want to, before we go to Kaysen, uh, tell you also, in addition to subscribing to the pod, make sure you watch. We have a game this week on Field of 68, Rob. I don't know if you knew that. Who's First doing ever it? game on Field of 68. It is down in Greenville. Who's the announcer crew? I'll tell you that in a second. It's They have much better analysts than than when you're on. I can't um, believe I even didn't get the call. No, you you you're, you demand too much money. That's your problem. You demand way <laughs> yeah, too much money. Plus, you complain so much from Field Sixty Eight, and you complain how busy you are. We didn't want to. No, add, I don't. Added workload. Listen, this is a sprint. I will say that in the summertime, I do I don't do much, but in the winter, <laughs> you can't say that I don't at least work hard. You can at least say that about what I'm doing. The thing is. So the game is two of the best mid-majors. Stephen F. Austin, Furman, Saturday, 4.30. Oh, Furman, Furman's fun. Really Furman's fun. fun. Yeah. So it's going to be – we'll stream it on, on Field of 68. And it's in Greenville, South Carolina. So to be honest, you might have wanted this gig because you could have gotten dinner at Halls and probably played golf Friday. Dang. Probably true. I know. Probably true. So anyway, we went with a backup crew. Couldn't get Hummel. So we went with a backup crew. So Fana, John Fana will be calling the game. He'll 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 be doing the play by play, with Terrence Ogles be doing analyst and uh, Bobby Doster uh, on the sideline. Oh which is, God, yes, I just came and fathom. This dude's gonna think he's God's gift of sideline reporting and and out there just asking the stupidest questions. Are they giving him the? I hope that the the event is negotiated kind of like the NBA after you know the under eight timeout oh, the coach boy. interview. Wouldn't I gotta find out. See, I gotta find out. Trying to pull these coaches over during the game. I'm just gonna make sure that um, Rob gets some uh, insight from Talia Goodman on how to do sidelines because he needs all the help he can get, and yeah, uh, she's does. way better. Totally, totally. I'm just looking forward to Rob giving an in-game report of like, guys, the guys were really tired in the huddle there, and they were drinking lots of water. Back to you, John. And we'll be like, wow, that was the worst sideline hit that we've ever heard. And Great insight, Rob. Doctor's finest work. Guys I'm were not, breathing I'm... hard, drinking lots of water. Listen, Rob's, pro Rob's probably going to be eating throughout most of the broadcast. So I, I don't even know, <laughs> honestly, how much, how many hits he'll actually be doing. I think less is more when you come to sideline hits for Doster down in, yeah. in Greenville. Uh, but again, make sure you watch that game. First game of, of what I think might be many. On field of 68 uh, between Stephen F. Austin and Furman, two really, really good mid majors, two coaches that are going to be in the mix for high major jobs here coming soon Bob Ritchie and Kyle Keller. So make sure you uh, you, you you watch that. And uh, we'll, let, let's get to it right now. Let's get to I know you weren't able to be on for this one, you wanted to, um, but Case and Wallace, one of the best two way freshmen all around, freshmen in the country, uh, Kentucky. Uh, combo guard, who I think is going to be critical to Kentucky's whether they can go deep in the in the tournament this year. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I couldn't believe how easy it was to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who would you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Have to finish the year strong, and right now is the time to find that right team member that might help you do that. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash good. That's linkedin.com slash G-O-O-D to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, now pleased to be joined by uh, my favorite player on the circuit two summers ago, Kentucky freshman Kaysen Wallace, the only person that I actually went up to and said, I love watching you play. That's not to say I didn't like other players, Kaysen. But, man, you just compete. You compete at a level, and you did. Uh, on the AU circuit, you know, not many dudes guard. You guarded. You guarded in AU, so I knew you were going to guard in college. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that sets me apart. So, you know, don't want to be like everybody else. Uh, you have to have some type of it factor that is different from everybody else because everybody can score at this level. You know, it's hard to find something that sets you apart. So I think because of that, I kind of underrated the other parts of your game because I came away saying like, oh, my God, like he's he's so tough. He guards. I don't think I understood what a good shooter you were. Number one, you're shooting 50 percent from three so far this year in college, which is really impressive because most guys start off slow. Right. Most guys as freshmen, even really, really good shooters generally start off slow. And then the part of your game that I, I think has really impressed me the most is your ability to run a team and make people better. Uh, did you feel like that was something also that was getting lost in everybody talking about how great you were defensively? Um, I think a lot of people don't understand how much I do besides defense, you know, because that's part about that's part of being a leader. And, you know, I'm a good leader for on the team. So just being able to keep guys organized. Like, that's part of being a point guard as well. So knowing where everybody's supposed to be at and helping your teammates when they're lost, like just being a good teammate and being a leader. So I heard you doing uh, the podcast with CJ and Brennan. And one of the things you said was I played center on my AAU team, which to yeah. me is bananas, right? Like you're, you're, I don't know, six, three, I'll give you, I'll give you maybe six, three and a half. Right. But that that's it. And you're playing center. How long like did you grow up playing point guard and just played center for a stretch? Because you you look like a natural point guard now. No, I actually started off at center and playing in the post until like middle school. That's when I started transitioning to being a point guard. And it was tough, but 
it was something I had to adapt and learn. So once I stepped out, I never went back really. Or I did, but that's only went to play center because I knew a little bit about it. Like, and plus that's what we needed at the time. So, I, you know. So uh, the class, the the Texas guard class, everybody talked about, you know, this freshman class, right? It was what you and, and all of you guys were from pretty much the Dallas area, I think. Right, you, Keontae George, who's now Baylor, uh, Arteria Morris, uh, who's now at Texas, and Anthony Black, who's at Arkansas. Am, am I forgetting somebody? Yes, many people. <laughs> many, I, I'm sure I'm forgetting many people, but the yeah. like, highly ranked ones. Who else am I forgetting? Uh, Jordan Walsh at right. Arkansas. I don't call him a guard, though. Oh, we're talking about guards? Yeah. I was just talking about, like, guards, like four of you guys – we're like elite level high school guards coming out of Texas. Um, am I forgetting anybody else? Uh, yeah, we got DJ. He's at Tennessee. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. Yep. Um, what was the competition? What was the competition like between all you guys? Because, you know, some of you guys were on different circuits too. I know Arturia, when I saw him, I think he was on the Under Armour Adidas, one of those. Uh, but what was the competition like between you guys? Every time we was on the court, it was competition. Like we didn't, we weren't friends on the court, but off the court, you know, we kicking it. You know, whenever we're around each other, because we're all so spread out. But on the court is business. So you come out of the gates this year. You're doing well. Uh, you know, personally, the team kind of got off to not a tough start, but certainly the two big games you guys had. You know, we're Michigan State Champions Classic. I was there, and then the one at Gonzaga, and and you came up short in both of those. What was the feeling like in in the locker room or with the team coming out of those two? Was it, you know, Michigan State? You kind of let one slip away a little bit. Gonzaga, you got listen. They beat they beat you. I mean, they just they flat out beat you out there. What what was the mindset like coming out of there and going into the game against Michigan in London? I mean, both of those games hurt, obviously, because we're on the road, you know, we traveled and you don't want to fly back on a loss. Like, that's that's a bad feeling. But we knew we didn't want to keep repeating that cycle. We had to go out there, execute. And plus, we weren't really practicing on finishing games, like Coach said. Like, in Michigan game, we were more prepared to finish the game and we played more aggressive throughout the whole game. So... I feel like we approached the game differently. What was the best part off the court of the, the London experience? Um, I'd say after we won the game, like everybody had a smile on their face in the locker room. Like no matter how many minutes they played, the performance, like nobody had their head down. We all was happy that we won. Did you guys have a chance to go around at all before the game? I know you got there a couple days before. Did you do anything, sightseeing, anything in London that you were able to to kind of take in? A little bit. We went to go see the clock, but really that time change kind of messed us up. So whenever we could sleep, we slept. Really. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, what what's it like? I've said this to people like Oscar is just a different dude. Like forget about on the court, like off the court, that dude never stops smiling. He is the happiest human being I think I've ever seen in my life. Like never in a bad mood, 
and, and just like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And obviously, we see what he does on the court, right? How hard he plays, all about winning, all that. Give me your favorite Oscar story so far. Give me something, you know, funny, maybe that we haven't seen that uh, that kind of hits you about so far being around or playing with him. Uh, it's tough because he always in it, he is always in a good mood. Like even though we're human, like he does have his bad days, but he doesn't have a way of showing it. Like. When he's down, he kind of keeps a smile on his face, so it's kind of hard to know when he's upset. But like him, his, the caringness of him is something that stands out to me. Like he always checking up on teammates when he's around. Like if you're one on one, he'll just stop you. Like, hey, how you doing? Like, you good? Just talk to me, you know. So not everybody can do that. How much, how much fun is it playing with a big guy like that, too, who just goes not – I mean, that Michigan State game was ridiculous because people don't realize, like, he hadn't done anything really for a month, right? Yeah, a long time. Right? <laughs> I mean, for him to go out there and play and, and put up the numbers he did and impact the game the way he did was was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, National Player of the Year unanimously. <laughs> it's not going to happen many times, so – his presence on the court, like he doesn't even have to score a million points to be relevant on the court. Like he just plays hard and does everything he can really. Hey, I, I put out a stat the other day. I don't know if it's still, it might've changed a tiny bit, but there are only 15 players in the top hundred recruits that are averaging a double figure scoring right now. You're one of them. You're averaging about 11 a game. Why do you think that's a low number? That is a low number, Casey. I have my ideas of why I think that is with this freshman class. What's your take on this uh, from your perspective of maybe why a lot of freshmen are struggling out of the gates of this year? Because uh, it's another level. Like, you were in high school, now you're going to another level. Like, you kind of prestige. So, you have to – it's a lot of things that you need to learn to play in college basketball, like, there's a lot of changes as well. People are more athletic. Yeah. They're long, taller, smarter. Like, and it's not like you're playing with other people that doesn't know basketball. Like your teammates also know basketball, so you're not gonna get as many shots as you did in high school, or it's not gonna be as easy to score as it was in high school. So, it's really just changes that you need to learn and learning your teammates. Like, it's a good amount that goes into it. What, what's been the hardest part for you? Like, cause again, you know, you guarded uh, in, in, in AU in high school, like what, what's been the one area that you've been surprised at that maybe has been the most difficult of your adjustment from, you know, high school to college. Um, playing with pace, um, being able to come pick and rolls, reading it and making the right play. Like like I said, like people are longer, more athletic, they're taller, so it's harder to see people. But you got to trust that they're going to be at the right spot at the right time. So a lot of it is built off trust. So I feel like that's one of the hardest things to adjust to. You know, the other reason from my perspective, and I've been doing this a while, uh, why this freshman class is having a little bit more, a harder time out of the gates than a lot of other ones is because you're playing against guys that are in their sixth year now, 
You know, a lot of these guys got their COVID year. So it, they're even older, you know, normally like in a lot of the bigs, let's face it, a lot of these bigs that you're going up against or playing with, as Oscar's case, would be gone 10 years ago. But they're not because the NBA has changed and obviously NIL has changed it as well. So I, I think that that also plays into the fact of and, and a lot of your freshmen, a lot of these guys have been hurt. Right, coming out of the, the gates, Nick Smith, Cam Whitmore, uh, a lot of the top uh, Vince over at USC. Hopefully, he's going to get better. He, he's got a heart issue. He hasn't played at all. So, a lot of the top guys have been hurt coming out of the gates as well. So, it's been kind of, you know, lively and whitehead at Duke, missed time in the preseason. So, it's been, uh, it's been interesting to watch. I, I think, you know, most of these guys are going to kind of catch up. And, and once conference play really gets going, I think you're going to start to see this freshman class take off a little bit more. Uh, but it, it's definitely been interesting to see so far. Uh, biggest thing you miss, is it Whataburger from coming from Texas to, to Lexington? Easy. <laughs> Easy. You're a big Whataburger. So so rank the the – the, the Hamburg places, and you know, like everybody's got their place. Obviously, it sounds like Whataburger is clearly one for you. Uh, like five guys. What else? What else? I'm not really a like I don't go to fast foods to, for burgers. Like Whataburger is just like that spot for me. Like, like I don't have to get a burger. I can get chicken tenders. Like I don't. Right. I don't have a burger spot. You know. All right, all right. So you, you usually go get chicken tenders there. I get both. Burger all right. Um, how important is this game coming up? CBS Sports Classic. Again, you, you guys are still – I don't want to say searching for that first resume win, but, you know, you want to beat a ranked team. You want to get some momentum going into league play. Uh, you get UCLA uh, here soon uh, in New York. At the Garden, uh, big game for you, right? Big game for you guys uh, coming up. What's the the significance of of that game, kind of leading into obviously you have Louisville, you've got other non conference games to worry about, but how big is that one? Uh, really, I don't even know yet because we haven't even talked about it. Like we're still focusing on Yale coming up. I couldn't even tell you right now. You're all you're all about the next one, which is the way you should be. That's the way you should be. I know your family uh, is is big into who, your brother. I was actually talking to uh, Paul Hewitt recently, who coaches the Clippers G League team, and he was raving about your brother. Like, absolutely. Like, we were talking about you, and then it, it went on to your brother a little bit, and he was like, he is the best dude ever to coach. And uh, kind of the same thing has been said about you. You know, you're, you're super coachable. You're easygoing. You're going to play with kind of – one way and and really you don't see a lot on your face with you know how you're playing right have you been told that before like whether you're, you're you got 20 whether you got two you're gonna have the same the same expression on your face no matter what um what do you attribute that to what do you attribute uh, again who who in your family uh as i assume your parents have had a lot to do with you and your brother and everybody obviously raving about you guys, not on the court necessarily, but off the court. Uh, I'd say my parents and my cousin Terrell, I mean, they taught us like, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Like basketball, it could switch just like that. So 
it's a game of runs, so you can't be down on a play that happened way early in the game, and you can't get ha too happy because now they're going to start going at you and you all messed up. So you can't have high. You can't be up and down. You got to be steady. What's the biggest thing that needs to happen for you guys? I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, I know you guys, people, some people around the country might be a little bit down on you guys. I actually think you have all the pieces to win the whole thing this year. I, I really do. And uh, you've got two-point guards, which you generally need these days. For the last 15 years, you need two-point guards to be able to win a national title for the most part. You've got multiple shooters. And, again, you've surprised me with, with your ability to shoot it at, at the the rate you've shot it at. Not necessarily that you've, you've made them, but 50%, man, is, is pretty impressive coming out of the gates. And then, obviously, you've got, you know, maybe the best big man in the country – certainly the most proven big man in the country in Oscar, and then some other really good pieces. Uh, what What's the key? If you had to point to something right now, what's the key to being able to get this thing going and, and get it to a point where you guys are right there for a national title? Um, I'd say toughness. Um, like you said, we have great players. Like everybody on this team, to me, are NBA players. So if we're all coming out and playing tough, like I feel like that'll be us at our peak and hardest, you know, to beat. So I'd say us having that toughness and grit, you know, that's something that we need to have to go far this year. All right. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate you taking a few. I know you got finals, so I'm going to let you go so you can start studying for those. I, I don't need your parents, you know, mad at me for uh, for you not not hitting the books here before your finals. But I appreciate it. Uh, good luck. I'll see you soon, I'm sure. And uh, uh, happy holidays, all right? All right. Thank you. Happy holidays. You got it.